Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. This is Hunter Pulaski alongside Brad Burkaw. We are brought to you by Reed Furniture. Whatever your furniture need, it is Reed indeed. If you are still listening, it's a season four, regular season underway for the 2024 season. Kind of hard to believe we are already on uh, the fourth season of this uh, of this show. We will start with our little hiatus. We will start with John Rahm going to live. Huge news in the golf world, and it feels like things are very different than the last time we spoke. We'll get into the Century, now the Century, previously known as the Century Tournament Champions. And we will get, also get into Rory backtracking some comments he has made previously about the Live Tour. We'll, we'll see what Rory thinks about the, the landscape of golf in its current state. But first, Brad, John Rahm is off to the Live Tour. I mean, the PJ Tour can't catch a break. Let me ask you, you think this. that's what it is. Let me ask you this. Like a year ago, when did this? I mean, we'll say we'll say a year ago. Live was live was going on at that point. Did you think live would be where it is today? So, as there's part of me that wants to say yes because I there was always that knowledge of knowing that they just had like stupid amount of money. So, like I guess I want to tell myself that. I knew because of that, but there was also part of me that was like, are they really going to lose all this money? So I don't know. I think that, I think I want to say yes, but no, I mean, it, it's just like, realistically, it doesn't make any sense, like from a financial standpoint, from really any, any viewpoint, at least financially, fiscally, no, no sense whatsoever. It's, it's breaking but, your brain. I can tell it's breaking your brain financially. You're looking it, at the, you're looking at the numbers and you're you're like what the, what the hell are, is going on? They are bleeding, bleeding <laughs> money. Like literally, I like give me some. I will I'll take some. <laughs> so I don't know, but they they have it. They've got money. They've got stupid amounts of money. So I'm kind of not surprised. I don't know. What do you think? It's 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 weird because I I have I have long said I'm a I'm a big golf nut. I love watching golf. I will turn on golf anytime there's a golf on. I, I still have not found myself looking forward to the live tour or like the live schedule. I haven't, I don't even think it is out yet because uh side tangent Brooks Kepka was like, was blowing up live socials. I don't know if you saw any of those on like they'd post something on Instagram and he would post a comment saying like, where's the 2024 schedule? And he did that on several, several different posts so I don't think we have the 2024 schedule yet. But even with John Rahm signing, I I wasn't like running to my computer to try to figure out where I could watch John Rahm and Cam Smith and Brooks Kepka, which is weird. Which makes me think there isn't a player that could leave that would make me be more interested in golf. I will say you can't tell me that what is happening or what has happened is bad for the game of golf. It's tricky, but they're getting paid so much more money. I feel like golf is. And that's maybe just more COVID-related, things like that. Golf has grown. Whether that's because of Liv, I don't necessarily know that. Probably not that much. But these guys are getting paid more money. There's now the the signature events. Everyone wanted all the good best players to be in the same place at the same time. They're still playing in the majors. Ryder Cup, obviously. I think there'll be some annulments to those rules come 2025 for John Rahm. You can't leave him out, obviously. So it's tricky. I don't. I don't know. I. I would say I'd be. I was. I'm surprised that it's gotten to where it has gotten. But money talks. You mentioned. It. I mean, that's just you have money. You can, you can do whatever you want in this world if you have money, and that is being proven yeah. right now. It's yeah. It's absolutely true. I mean, yeah. You can you can do anything you want when you have endless amounts of money. Everybody has a number, as we've seen. 
I think that for me, my perspective on it is that it's positive for golf for everybody except for the fan. And I think it's hard to not admit that selfishly as fans, we want to see all of the guys out there every single week. And yes, we are still getting them in the majors. But for me, there's still certain players that I enjoyed watching in some of the other tournaments. Like the first thing that comes to mind is like Brooks Kepka at the Waste Management, who's played well there in the past, who really enjoys that atmosphere and that crowd. So we do lose a bit of that as fans, but it is ultimately better for the game of golf. I hope that in the end we can figure out a solution that is that is better for our viewing. But yeah, I mean, you said it. It's it's better for the overall game of golf. So yeah, and it was talked about. I think we it was we, we I think we mentioned it on the pod um, sometimes maybe early December, but the talks of the the PIF and the PJ Tour have, have kind of stalled a little bit. But I think like if they if they're getting guys like John Rahm. There will be an agreement made. Like the the PJ Tour simply can't they can't lose John Rom because and not even they can't lose the type of player that John Rom is more than John Rom. I mean, you're looking at a you're looking at a guy that was like has been head and shoulders alongside Roy McIlroy for the last like seven or eight years. He has been right. a clear one two in that. It's a Scotty has come on in the last couple of years, but as far as consistency over the years, John Rom has has been that. So. And then the fact that he's he's international, I'm not. That's one I'm not necessarily surprised about, just because of, because of what I just said international. I do think that these guys didn't grow up idolizing the PGA Tour as much as somebody that grew up in Spain would have. I don't know. Right. <clears throat> there is a so there is one thing that I have to add since this all started off with the whole John Rom to live thing, and I'm going to speak for myself personally, but I John Rom is just such a bum <laughs> i mean come on dude like the guy this is basically so john rom like from a financial standpoint i will never ever knock someone for making more money like if somebody came to me and offered to quadruple my salary i'd be like how high do you want me to jump it, it, you know so i'm not gonna knock him from that standpoint but to outright say I don't like live I don't like the product it's not for me I care about the PGA Tour I care about my legacy and then to basically go back on all of that and not be able to just admit and be like yeah you know it's about the money like they offered me a ton of money this is a life-changing opportunity for my family the whole I'm growing the game in Spain and all this stuff is such a load of crap to me I think that it is disappointing for me. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed at John Rom. I think that the way that he handled it is probably outside of his control to just blatantly go back on your word. And I loved everybody just absolutely dragging him on the internet. He absolutely deserves it. But like I said, I mean, I can't blame him for taking more money. I think that the way he did it, though, was pretty lame. Yeah. If I was to play devil's advocate, I would say that it's... I think a lot has changed since people first went to live. And that, that that's just like time is taking place. But I think John Rahm and his team know something about like how, how this is all going to pan out. And I, I do think that he is powerful enough where he like he can move the needle to the point where they have like agreement has to be made. So I mean like his legacy, yeah, for the time being, but I do think there'll be a point where these guys are all playing together again. I would say within the next three to four years. 
Yeah. That is no, how. I think that that is a super important point to make because while I disagree with how he made his move, you're absolutely right. I think that it's pretty clear that he knows something about this merger. He knew something. And I think that the way to get it across the finish line was for him to leave. Yeah. I think I think that's pretty much where we're at. And he probably saw it as an opportunity to make a ton of money, but then also almost he could even go down as a martyr. Who knows? Maybe he's the one that saves the whole deal. Yeah. Who knows? Absolutely. And we'll we'll get into it uh, towards the end of the show. But Rory McIlroy had some comments regarding Live Tour. And one of his comments was essentially along the lines of when this is all said and done, John Rahm might be the smartest man in the room. Yep. I I would completely agree. With some with some thick, thickly lined pockets. And it, it's funny how like the and I don't know what happened, or maybe I'm just maybe I have blocked out all of the, the live hate, but it doesn't seem like you don't see guy you don't see a live post and then you don't see twenty people saying like sports washing, blood money, blood money, blood money as much as you used to. Maybe that's just they've just ran out of gas at this point but i don't think like that's necessarily things are like changing I, I still think that there are some some questions to be asked but all it takes is like <laughs> it's like tiger woods saying well maybe not the worst thing in the world and everyone's like well yeah yeah i mean live yeah love it <laughs> so yeah. all, all i know is that the professional golf scene has just been a circus and they need to get it <laughs> they got to get it together yeah i mean and there's there Yes, but it has been like it's been very entertaining, and I think you mentioned it. It does suck, which it really ends up being like three or four events a year, maybe not more than that. Like probably six or seven events a year where we are missing like the John Rahm with Sky Scheffler or Cam Smith with like guy where they're actually integrated because it was getting pretty ugly there in like the the two, 2020, 2021 where these guys were just not playing that many events. Like they were playing the and they weren't playing the the same events, so there were some fields that were just so awful. So I mean, the product I I do feel has gotten better, and they have no and there's nobody to thank but live. I mean, who knows how long this could have gone on for? Could have been <clears throat> could have just controlled chaos, and now it's just uncontrolled chaos. At least it's more fun. Bill Nicholson, our savior. Yeah, yeah, it'll be funny to see what he what how people think about him in five ten years because I, I I think that's also kind of started to shift back towards. Maybe maybe Phil was right because I think he's being looked at as similar to John Rahm, where he is like the 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 dark knight trying to <clears throat> save the game he loves. So we'll see. But in the meantime, we do have the 2024 regular season underway in Hawaii, in Maui, Hawaii. Only a few months after the the forest fires, but they are they are back and going. The first of eight signature events this year so this is a bigger field than typical uh it was previously the the century tournament of champions now it's just the century so we will include all of the winners from last season plus anybody inside the top 50 so that leaves us with a field of 59 guys no cut 72 hole event on a par 73 the only par 73 course in the regular rotation on the PJ Tour, that is three par threes and four par fives. This course is huge, just very big. Everything is big. Fairways are big. Greens are big. It's just big. And I and this, I think, Brad, you have it. What were the 
strokes gained totals on this golf course over the last three years has been it has been pretty telling of how easy this golf course can play. So the the like I said, fairways are fairways are very big. Lowest scoring average in relation to par is typical here as long as the wind is not howling, which it did not last year. Last year's scoring average was sixty eight point nine two two, which is obviously quite a bit below the par seventy three course. Uh, yes. So I have this pulled up here for the last few years, looking at the strokes gained off the tee. Looks like on average, the players are gaining close to 0.09 strokes off the tee. So compared to the rest of the course, that is the highest area of opportunity for players to gain strokes on this course is off the tee. So like you mentioned, makes sense, right? Wide open fairways. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta gotta keep it in play. If you can't keep it in play off the tee here with solid drives, and you're gonna be in a world of hurt. So the biggest scoring opportunities are on the par fives, also makes sense. Big course, big fairways, big greens, gotta get on in two and look to to gain some strokes there as well. So I would imagine that you would want to target players that that have that ability, that have distance and have the proven history on par fives. Yeah, so I think you're just looking at like uh, a guy like Cam Smith can't hit water if you're sitting in a boat with his driver typically, but you put him on a course like the plantation course, that's a that's a really good. So I don't know necessarily, I think somebody that hits the ball far, but I don't think they necessarily need to be a great driver of the of the golf ball, but I think the just because they are so wide, but if you have somebody that's bombing it, that can make a huge difference. And I think we were, we were looking at the stats, as Brad mentioned, the par fives, par five is, is has the lowest Scoring, which is obviously makes sense on the PJ Tour, but that was like a leaps and bounds more than the par threes and par fours at the Plantation Course. Yeah, yeah, they're on average every player is scoring about 0.6 below par versus 0.07, 0.01 on par threes and par fours. Mm. So you got to be able to play the par fives well here. Yep, and this is actually the Bill Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw's first golf course. They built back in, it was like the 19, 1990. So it'll have a little bit of core Crenshaw in it. Definitely a resort style golf course, as as previously mentioned. This is the 26th year that it has hosted a PGA Tour event, but obviously the this will be the first year it is now a signature, signature event. The only, the hole that keeps coming to mind is number 18. I still think about like quite, probably too often about Bubba Watson hitting that driver off the deck from the middle of the fairway that just, that must have, it must have sliced 30 yards, 40 yards, and then it ran for like 70 yards. Yeah. So it, it, it's just, it looks, this is always nice for us being in Northern Michigan where I think I've, I've seen the sun one day in the last three weeks. And I think you are actually in like the statistically the, the grayest part of the entire country. I'm not sure if that's been factually proven recently, but I have seen stats to say Grand Rapids is, is the, the least amount of sunlight it, in the winter it would months. Not surprise me at all. <laughs> so to like to a golf course in Hawaii, five hour time change. So we're gonna get a little night golf, a little night golf. Not the worst thing. That's one of my one of my favorite things about the West Coast early West Coast season. Uh, as far as when we can watch this event, this is gonna be on from six to ten o'clock Thursday and Friday, and then four to and that's on the Golf Channel and I assume Peacock as well. And then Saturday and Sunday, it's on from four to six on NBC, and then six to eight on the Golf Channel. 
So we got we actually have a decent amount of viewing for the for the first event. I know it is a signature event, but this is the big not only for us, but big big time for the the NBC crew. New season. Could be could be a new them, potentially. You never know. Things could have things could have really altered. And on that point, new uh new color guy taking over taking over Zinger, Kevin Kisner, which is awesome. Very cool. I mean I I I don't want to sound like a, a fanboy, but I think he'll do a great job. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly has like the personality that people enjoy. So, yeah, I think he'll add a little bit of color. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll quickly see. I don't think I don't think Paul Azinger was very good at his job, but I think we will quickly see how hard of a job that really is. That's just a lot of time. Like, there's just a lot of a lot of time where, and that's maybe on the production side of things where they're just not showing that many shots. It leaves a lot of time to fill with with yep. things to say. And that can that can get tiresome, I imagine, very quickly. So I do think he's gonna do a great job. I do think he has the perfect personality for it. I do think he's like he he borders that line very nicely of of being family friendly enough to to make the executives happy, but he'll also make the executives happy with, with who he's bringing in to people aren't gonna watch him mute anymore. At least not for the first couple of weeks. That's for sure. You can't miss out. There might be something. Uh, I feel like he's almost going to bring like a Pat McAfee uh, flair, like how how Pat has kind of spiced up game day. You know, game day kind of got a little stale there, and McAfee just has a little bit of that personality that yeah. <laughs> Mac- adds a little Mac- color. McAfee. McAfee. What, what am I saying? You're saying McAfee, I think. Is it? Is McAfee? McAfee. I'm not. I'm not like a huge fan. So I don't. Who you were saying? I go. What is he saying right now? I'm not. I'm not like a huge. I don't listen to his (laughs) podcast or anything. But I think. uh, Yeah. Whatever. McAfee. McAfee. (laughs) McAvoy. The dude from West Virginia that was punter for the Colts. Mac McAvoy. Charlie. Yeah. The Bruins. Bruins legend. Bruins defenseman. (laughs) Uh, So I that will actually be very interesting. Funny. Funny you mentioned that because I think that. People loved Pat McAfee when he first started on game day, but I can already tell, and I think that's just the internet being the internet. Like you can't, people can't, you can't have nice things because they'll just, they'll tear him down, but they've already started to turn on him for being like too, too centric, too, too out of the box. And I, I just, I don't think that'll happen to Kevin Kisner, but he definitely has a tighter leash than a college game, game day host would have as the PGA tour color guy. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, no, I don't think I think I think Pat. I'm just gonna call him Pat. Uh, has really gone a little bit uh, a little bit crazier than Kevin will. I, I do think that that he is a little bit much at times, but it was needed. It was so stale. I was not watching game day no. at all. No, I saw. I, I, I that's like a weird time of day for me. I usually like if I'm going to want to watch football all day, I better do stuff in the morning that doesn't right. uh, include sitting in front of the TV. All right, uh, let's go over. Do you have the uh, Do you have the odds board right there by chance? If not, I, uh, I do. I have it here right now. Yes. Let's see here. Oh, that's a weird one. Uh, weird odds board this week. So I am looking at FanDuel, and let's see. Oh, here we go. Finishing positions. No, that's not what we want either. Should be like here we go. Tournament of Champions. So the leader, uh, our favorite to win this week, Scotty Scheffler at five and a half to one. 
Behind him, we've got Victor Hovland at 10 to 1. At 12 to 1, we have both Patrick Cantlay and Colin Morikawa. We've got three guys at 14 to 1, and that would be Ludwig Aberg, Max Homa, and Xander Schauffele. At 22 to 1, we have Matt Fitzpatrick and Jordan Spieth. And then I will finish it here at 28 to 1 with Tom Kim. My my first my first takeaway is like what a what a ascendant for Ludwig Aubert being fifth on the odds board in his his first full season on the PGA Tour, first start of the 2024 season. The, guy, the people love him. At least the odd the odds uh the people betting love him apparently because that that seems crazy to put him in the same conversation as Max Homa, Xander Schauffele, reigning U.S. Open champion Matt Fitzpatrick, it just seems it seems low. Obviously, I think he's earned it. He's been playing great, but that that was my that was my biggest takeaway from from those names you just read at fourteen to one. Got a new caddy on the bag though. Joe yep. Joe Scavron just being passed around right now. I don't know. I don't know who who does Tom Kim have now. I will have to look. I will have to look into that, but. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen if he's even announced yet. But I don't know, while we were on break, Ludwig Aubert was playing in the Grant Thornton. I guess it was actually probably the last week we did a podcast with Madeline Sangstrom from Sweden and her husband was his caddy. They do a, they do an event together and then, and then and then he dumps him. Just like that. The cruel world out there. It is. I do think. I mean, I think. Uh, I think Joe makes a ton of sense. Has all that. Has all that experience working with Ricky Fowler. Obviously played in all the designated events with Tom Kim last year. So, I think it's a a very wise decision from Luberg just to get something, get someone on the bag that that has that experience that might be able to take him to the next level. Which I that's scary to think about. What is the next level for him? Majors could be majors. Just scary. Like as, as soon as this year. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I think he'll be a favorite in in majors this year. I I think he will. By the by the time the 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 open rolls around, he's gonna be right up there. But I am glad that you brought him up because I too was very surprised to see him sitting at fourteen to one. I will note that Data Golf doesn't quite see it the same way. Uh, that gives him a six point seven percent chance of victory. Data Golf is only giving him three point one. For perspective, Max Homa and Xander Schauffele also sitting at 6.7%. Max Homa is 5% through Data Golf, and Xander Schauffele is 6.4%. So not quite getting the love for Ludwig from Data Golf. Take that as you may, but... See, I, I think those numbers are more... I, I, I trust that's just based off of numbers, rather. I think the fan duel gets a little tricky with... I think you just have a guy that, that people love... He's just going to get bet down to, to cover liability, which which is tricky. How about Sky Scheffler? Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do about Sky Scheffler this year? What? There's nothing to do about him. I, I just completely overlooked him at the hero. Might have, might not even have said his name going into the week, and then he wins. Shock, shockingly enough, he has a T13 and T7 here. Like I, five. Five and a half to one was just not. You didn't see that. You didn't see those odds, and now you're seeing them every week for this guy. I don't know what to do with him. I don't. I, he's too low to. You can't with a. You can't bet five and a half to one in a signature event, first event of the year after a break. Like who knows what's going to happen? 
but I'll be damned. He's probably going to win. And then what? Well, what's crazy about it is he's got the the work to back it up. I mean, even Data Golf, Data Golf thinks that his his percentage of winning is too low. So according to Data Golf, FanDuel is giving him a fifteen point four percent chance of winning. They're giving him fifteen point six. That is so. Is that like uh, like a, crazy? It's like a one in one in six chance of winning a professional golf tournament. Shouldn't be okay. Not all right. There's something. There's something going. Is he? Is he a robot? Yeah, I, I I've been wondering that for a while. I do think Kyle Morikawa. I think might actually be undervalued here at twelve to one. Speaking of, we're going to see the other side of the spectrum here. Where I think I mean you have a guy that has two top sevens and a, a T fifth and a second place finish in his starts here. That usually bodes pretty well. I mean, he had a he had a six shot lead going into the final round last year. And he believe he squandered that quite quite poorly. But besides the point, he's a guy yep. that, like he's just he obviously likes it here. Has played great here. Just won in October. So and he looked like he was kind of struggling a little bit early beginning of last year, but he has found something. That's a guy that I really, really, really like this week. I think at twelve to one, that's like for what the odds look like they are, that's a really good some good value. Yeah, I mean, uh if if people remember from last year, he was he was running away with it. And then in the last round only was able to put up one under and John came John Rom came storming in with a ten under fourth round and ended up beating him by two strokes. But he uh for a while there looked like was gonna run away with it pretty handily and you can even get him at a at a top five at plus two sixty or curious if you can even get him at plus money for a top 10 let's see here you can you can get him at a top 10 at plus 115 that's on FanDuel as of Wednesday so Hmm. could be some value there yeah absolutely yeah I actually really like that plus plus money for a guy that's never finished outside the top 10 to finish top 10 makes sense to me what are we what are we missing here I don't know there must be something fishy in the water uh outside of that I don't have a I don't have a ton of other Picks are something that I always just, I struggle with this week because I I do think as much as as short as the off season is I do think these guys make it an off season I don't think they play a ton of golf I, I'm sure some of them do but I think there's a lot of these guys and and I think there is a big difference between playing a skins game with your buddy buddies in December and then playing in a PGA Tour event so it's just it seems like some guys take a little bit more to get going some guys come out like they never missed a step it's just kind of there's that. There's that extra factor that there's typically, obviously not in the middle of the season when they've been playing for, for months on end. Yeah, right. I mean, there's there's absolutely has to be that factor of just getting into the groove of playing a tournament. There's just that that aspect of like mentality, physicality, preparation, everything that don't do it for a few months, you're gonna be a little rusty. And uh, we didn't. I don't know if we quite got to his name or not, but Tom Kim at twenty-eight to one. Uh, we mentioned it early, early on in the preview of the course. Par five scoring being key. Tom Kim made his, his debut here last year, and he led the field in par five scoring in route to a T fifth. Also led the field gained strokes gained T to green. So that is a name which seems funny because he hasn't hit the ball very far. We're playing a seven seventy-six hundred yard golf course, but I do think it plays. Much shorter than that. There's a lot of elevation change, things like that. I think it plays 
sperm as well in perfect condition. So that's a name to consider as well. Plus plus 210 for a top 10 for Tom Kim this wow. weekend. And then uh, one more. I got one more, one more guy that I, I've always loved, Sung J.M., but I think I really like him at Kapalua. T5th, T8th, and T13th here. Scoring average of 67.67. Was ranked 5th in par 5 scoring. That's another guy that I think makes a ton of sense. He had 5 top 15s in his last 6 starts worldwide. So is trending even though we've been on a little bit of a break. And I've, I've seen him over in his in his homeland hitting hitting drivers in those simula- the the driving ranges over there are crazy with the completely covered. Have you seen like their full net? The net is over the entire thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's and it's almost like uh, yeah, like you're and it's like indoors, but not indoors. Yeah. So I've, I've he's been practicing. I've been watching him. He's been, he's been grinding it out over there, keeping your keeping your tabs on him. Yep. Any other uh, any other notables worth mentioning for the the century? No, I think that the big one was Morikawa for me, who you already brought up. I uh, I really like him this week. Uh, really heading into this year, I am hopeful for a big year from Jordan Spieth. I am. Mm. I think that he's he's entered a stage of life. He's matured. He's father of two. He's uh, taken on a leadership role with the PGA Tour. I think that that's going to help him out a lot. I think that's going to add to a lot of his off-the-course mental aspects of his game. So I'm looking for a big year for my guy, Jordy. Okay, we'll, we'll, see what, we'll see what happens. We will certainly see what happens. And then finally, last thing that we should talk about today is Roy McIlroy has, has not, now I wouldn't say it was a total 180, but he has, he has turned around his comments a little bit regarding the live. So here are some, some comments from, never heard of this podcast, Stick to, the Stick to Football podcast. He had some comments he made, quote, I think at this point I was a little bit judgmental of the guys who went to live golf at the start, and I think it was a bit of a mistake on my part because I know I now realize that not everyone is in my position or in Tiger Woods' position. First off, Rory, let's not, you're not quite in the same position as Tiger Woods. It's close, but not quite. So let's, that was my first bugaboo with what he, what, what he said. We all turn professional and make a living playing the sports that we do, and I think that I realized over the last two years I can't judge people for making that decision. He went on to essentially say, I wouldn't say I've lost the fight against Liv, and I've just accepted the fact that this is part of our sport now. He said competition is good to help improve the sport of golf overall, but the PJ Tour competing with Liv and the size money is completely unsustainable. Which which makes sense. I've come to realize that if you've got people or a sovereign wealth funding fund spending money in your sport, ultimately that's a good thing. He did go on to say, like, it, it would make, in theory, it would make more sense if rather than giving somebody $100 million, you said, here's $50 million for the player and $50 million for the RNA or like the USGA, something like that to actually build the game from the grassroots. But that would make too much sense. And then this is this is where I think he's essentially just saying he wants John Rahm on, on Ryder Cup, so we have to just we have to change things. Uh, I don't begrudge anyone anyone for going and taking the money and doing something different, but don't try to burn the place down on your way out. He said, I think it's just created this division that will hopefully stops soon because I think it's the best thing for golf too. And I think he knows, as previously mentioned, I think he kind of knows, maybe knows more than the general public regarding 
what's going to happen. I, I just don't think it's not sustainable. This is this like two separate pots is not sustainable forever. And I think the PJ tour hopefully is realizing that sooner rather than later. And I have to ask you, I mean, you're, you're the most outspoken Rory critic of, of probably all of 2023. I mean, you were there with your pitchfork. I was. You were, you were, you were, you threw a party when he, when he resigned from the, from the, from the players committee. Money talks. Here is, here is how I interpret this. I view this as a, we'll call it almost a PR move by the PGA tour to start to slowly soften the public's eye on the live tour. I think that of Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, Rory was put in the position that he had to be more of a talking piece for the PGA Tour and was more outspoken against Liv, whereas Tiger was kind of taking a little bit more of a back seat. So Rory's followers, or, or Rory himself, really fueled a lot of the disdain or dislike for the live tour so i view this as a way to start to soften that that dislike for an eventual merger i think that if you go into a merger and one of the biggest stars in the entire game's following completely hates the idea of it it's a way that you could burn bridges with a lot of your following and if you try to slowly repair that before it actually goes through, maybe soften that blow. I'll tell you what, I'm very glad we didn't take like the hard stance against Liv. Because there's some guys that are gonna be put in a tough a tough position here soon where it's like they were they like they damned Liv to death. Like they were they're never gonna watch that. Those Liv guys, see you later. If they ever end up hopefully at some point getting back together, those guys, I don't know what they're gonna do. They're gonna be in a world of hurt. Yeah, they're gonna. Yeah, they're gonna have to basically just go back on their word, yeah. <laughs> or stop covering the tour, which is exactly what they're what they're mad at everyone for doing on the PGA tour. Yeah, silly. But that I, I do think it was. I do think we had to talk about Rory. I don't. I don't have a ton of thoughts. I think. I think what you said makes a ton of sense. You have to have to soften the inevitable outcome that is going to happen at some point. And like I, I've said several times even probably today that I just don't it isn't sustainable to do to do this long term like somebody somebody is going to run out of money and it's not going to be the Saudi wealth nation I'll tell you I'll tell you that much so we are we are going to something has to change and I just don't want to see I don't know who's next. I don't know who would be next but it, it like it worries me that like our two two of our top four guys in the PJ tour right now are both international guys that's like a little worse like between not even i guess i would i wouldn't consider ludwig to be top four i guess we'll, we'll say top five in the odds board for the opening tournament of 2024 has two guys that are an international in the top five and it seems like those are the guys that have been easiest to pick off which worries me a little bit yeah yeah and and they're such good friends too yeah i'm trying to think um i'll see if i can quickly find it uh dan Rappaport tweeted it was something along the lines of how many well and so the the golf associate or the golf writers association of america just voted john rom to be the 2023 player of the year so obviously Ooh. now he he's at live so now the golf live golf currently has two of the four 
reigning major champions and the 2023 player of the year. That's not great. Not great for the PGA Tour. I'd, I'd like that. I'd like all of the, I'd like all four reigning champions to be on the PGA Tour. Typically, uh, yeah, it feels like the constraints are getting tighter. Yeah. So uh, you you've said it. I mean, this is we are. It's in. It is a circus right now. Absolute circus. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what the next act's going to be? Like they don't tell you. They don't give you. A, they don't give you a itinerary. So I just have to say. So I don't know what made me think of this, and I didn't think of it earlier when we were talking about John Rom. But you just said circus, and I have to. We'd have. To, we have to bring it up. The interview where John Rahm announced he was going to live was quite possibly one of the funniest interviews I have ever watched. That bomber jacket was so absurdly ridiculous. And just his like blank stare into the camera. And the <laughs> fact that they did it, was it was it Fox News? It was. It was one of the news channels. It was like CNN or Fox News or no, something. Oh, it couldn't have been CNN. There's no way it could have been. Not well, to make yeah. this political, yeah, right. but that just had, yeah, right, had to be right, Fox. Right. Yeah, it had to be Fox. But anyway, so it's just it was the the jacket was just and the funniest part, I think, was Max Homa tweeting beforehand how funny it would be if he came out in like a varsity jacket and then basically did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, where do you find that jacket? Like when you're making, when somebody you, you call, you call in to have that jacket made. The the person making it is probably looking at you funny. Like, what do you, what do you mean? What do you, just, a, just a black live jacket. Yep. Oh, <laughs> I need a varsity. Are Letterman jackets like cool again? They must be. Uh, I don't know, but I've always so I always thought that they were really they're very douchey unless you played a lot of like I think like Louie has one and he played four varsity sports like that's very cool like I would I would I would make that and he won and I think he like it says state champion on it so I would probably say I would probably wear that if but outside of that I think if you play like once if you play one sport you ride that you ride the pine on the football team and you wear a varsity jacket that's that's not great. Yeah, no, I think that that's an important note to make that your accolades in high school, it's your accolades. You have to have the accolades to rock the jacket. I do think that if you make it to college athletics, you can rock the the jacket no matter what. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Totally. All right. I think that's probably all we have for this week. We will be back. Uh, we'll try to get back to a Tuesday schedule next week. Just these, these Monday, these Mondays off have been throw me off. All, yeah, all, Monday, all, all the whack. Monday holidays are are pretty tough. I know we didn't mention it in the opening. I don't know if you wanted to briefly do any sort of Hawaii recap since you played a little golf, or if you want to save it for next week since I will also be playing some out of state golf by the time or next week. So, but up to you. Yeah, uh, let's actually let's save it. That makes uh, that'll make sense if you're you're going to Naples. I'm going. Yep. Nice. Yep, I'll be in Peace. Florida. Yeah, uh, we will do a little preview. I played. I was trying to think if we had done one, but, but you did a preview, but no. you didn't really have your tee times completely nailed down. And obviously, now that you're back and have played, yeah, yeah, we can do a quick little. I played 36 holes. Probably could have played one more time. Um, kind of opt opted not to, but Mac Mac got to play nine holes, so it was a blast. Yeah, we'll uh, we will talk about that on Tuesday of next week. Sweet, that works for me. Awesome. Well, uh, enjoy enjoy golf being back. I know this yes. is football is trying to dominate the scene. Don't let it. You, you can't let it. There's there's golf to be played. Yep, we got to stick up for our sport. Yep, exactly. All right, guys, we will talk to you later. All right, have a good weekend, everybody. See ya.